0: Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non experts. Experts.
1: And each week we cover a new topic and we pop open a new bottle of wine. Yes,
0: we do. And this week we are talking how toxic positivity can get in the way of true optimism. Ooh. we have an expert. We have a real,
1: a real, a expert. real expert. We've got uh, Dr. Deepika Chopra.
0: Who is an optimism doctor. Mm. Yes. And we're going to be talking about how we can practice optimism in our everyday lives. What is toxic positivity and how do we combat it? And why resiliency is the foundation of true Happiness. I'm personally
1: very fascinated, and I'm very excited to chat with this genius lady, Yeah, to be honest. But first... But first, wine. But (laughs) first, wine. That's like a bad t-shirt. You know, this is like, but first, coffee. But first, coffee. I can't. I hate (laughs) things like that. So... Yes, what are we drinking We're drinking today. We are drinking the 2017 Donham Mm -hmm. Year of the Rooster. Pinot Noir. And this is from the Russian River, which is in Sonoma.
0: Oh, I was like, is that in Russia?
1: Okay. I not. love Sonoma pinots. Wow. You love, you love a pinot. I do love a pinot. But specifically, Oregon and Sonoma are my favorite pinots. Hmm. So this is a Russian River Sonoma. All right, I'm
0: let's give it a little, take a little
1: sip sip. Ooh. Mm. Okay, we'll circle we'll save, ba- we'll
0: save that for the end. We'll-, we'll, we'll circle back at the end of the episode and mm. give you guys our little review yes. on this Pinot. Yeah, but f- should we also introduce... Do you want me to... gonna do our side chat
1: or no? Oh, at, at the, the end. end. At the end. At the, at the end. Episode. But I actually wanted to hear because um I, we do this thing now where <laughs> like one of us will start talking like just in our normal lives. And we're like, don't tell me and tell us on the podcast. I know. So So you, you stopped me as I I started telling you this. whatever you're about to tell me, I'm already excited about it. So Corinne is doing this thing called the artist's way. And it's like, Uh, you read a book. It's like a 12 week thing, right? Yeah.
0: It's a book by Julia Cameron. A lot of people, it's been around for like 25 years. Yeah. I've
1: heard of it and I've never done it.
0: Yeah. So basically it's just about cultivating your creativity, but it has like a spiritual connection. So it's like spirituality and creativity, very upper alley.
1: Very upper alley.
0: And so there's two things you have to do every week. And then you have like different things for different weeks. Okay. The two things you have to do are are write morning pages where you just write three pages of absolutely whatever. like dump Every String stream of, of consciousness. Brain. Half of mine okay. is like, I'm so tired. I, I Why am I doing this? <laughs> and this isn't working. Like, and then like help. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> literally what I write. And then the other thing is that you do an artist date every week. So every yes. week you take your artist on a date and it can be like literally anything. So last week was my first week. I mm-hmm. went to the beach to watch the sunset by myself.
1: Oh my God. Okay. Sorry for everybody's ears. I just got blown out, but this is the most fun thing I've ever heard. It was super
0: fun. And the whole time while I was thinking, I was like, I am taking my, my artistic self on a date. And like, I kind of had this like person who was in the car with me in my mind and we sat on the beach and we watched um, the sunset. I read my coloring book and I just actually colored, I don't I'm not not an artist, a a painter or a drawer or anything, but I was just like sketching the people who I was seeing. Everybody's an
1: artist. But, so you know. but
0: that's not my medium that I do normally. Right. And so it was really fun, but I was really excited because this week I had to like think of what I'm going to take myself on a date for. And I'm going to in tonight, actually, an African-American poetry night. Oh and guess who's God. talking? If, if it's Amanda Gorman, I'm going to blow. It's Amanda Gorman. No. <laughs> fucking
1: way it's on
0: it's a zoom obviously it's a zoom thing but i got tickets and i was like this i'm sweating (laughs) i know i'm so excited
1: oh my god i know oh my god i'm so excited for you i know
0: so that's my artist (gasps) date this week
1: I'm, I wanna take my artist self on a You need date. to be doing I don't, you need to be doing this. Like you I need, need to be doing you need this. To be doing, I just need to do the whole twelve weeks. You need week to do thing. the whole twelve weeks. Oh my god, how cool is
0: that? Isn't that so awesome? So let like, you guys know how how it goes. Yeah. I mean it's gonna be amazing. Oh I'm gonna god. be in tears.
1: At this point you could you could <laughs> mention Amanda Gorman's, I could burst into tears. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited. That. Thank you.
0: Well, you know who else I'm very excited for? <laughs>
1: Dr. Deepika Chopra? Dr. J- Deepika Chopra, who yeah. is I
0: feel like also just a badass so woman. Cool. Um but let's let's intro her before we bring her on so our Listeners can get to know her. So, um, Dr. Deepika Chopra, like we said, is an optimism doctor, visual imagery and media expert, and the founder of Things Are Looking Up. She specializes in what she has coined evidence based manifestation. Mm. She specializes in bridging together holistic practices and evidence based science to cultivate self mastery tools to help clients couples and corporations both small businesses and fortune 500 companies alike how to cultivate their own sense of lasting happiness resiliency optimism and success what a great job what a great
1: job and i just love that she bridges the gap between science science and like holistic practices yes because that's that's that shit i do like (laughs) you know it really is it is okay let's let's bring on dr deepika chopra
2: Hello. Hi. We're nice so excited to, to
0: have you on. Yeah, we we kind of messaged on Instagram for a little bit, but this is my first time actually like meeting you.
2: Yes, exactly. Well, that's the there there's pros and cons, but the pros of Instagram is being able to connect and I know we connected right after the rap event which we were both speaking at. So, yeah. it's so nice to officially be chatting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Corinne actually, right when that ended, she she texted me and she's like, Oh my gosh, we have to have this, <laughs> we have to have this doctor on. She's amazing. She's an, an optimism doctor. Which and is so cool, by it's the way. So cool. I've never heard that term. And it's so fascinating. <laughs> so actually, could you explain for our listeners what is what does an optimism doctor do? Like, yeah.
2: Like what, yes. what is that? <laughs> How did you get
1: into it? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Um, I always, it's so, this is like my favorite question and it's definitely the most popular first question. And it's a fair question because basically I have my background in clinical health psychology and I've been studying the science behind the holistic side of optimism, joy, and resiliency for the past decade or so or over a decade now. And it's interesting because as I was in the program and in my graduate career and doing postdoc fellowships and And all of that, and I'd I'd see patients, I would sort of start to have this like really long-winded explanation of how our sessions are going to be a little bit or a lot of bit different than probably what they were used to in traditional therapy. And it would be this like very long-winded, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at and I'm not afraid to say it. I am not good at being concise. And so I have this like long drawn out like, here's how we're gonna do this. It's gonna be a little bit different. We're gonna focus more on, you know, the things that you want and the things that are going well and your skills and your strengths, and a lot less on the things that aren't going so well and that you just really don't like, which is a little bit different. We're gonna, of course, talk about those things, but but we're that's not our focus. And I'm also going to look at your own particular optimism factor on a scale and see in what parts of your life are you optimistic naturally? And what parts do you need to work on to become more optimistic? And I would just like say all of this. And one time one of my patients was like, okay, so you're a doctor of optimism. And I was like, yeah. Yes. And so then I was like, wait a second. If I just like, didn't explain the last 30 minutes of my explanation. And I just said that, would you get it? And he was like, I would totally get it. And I was like, all right. And then it kind of just stuck. And people started calling me the optimism doctor. And yes, I TM'd it. And then I registered it. (laughs) As you should. should. (laughs) And so that's why uh, I think it's a fair question because there really isn't another optimism doctor. So basically, yeah, once this patient kind of, you know, just very nicely packaged that up for me, so I didn't have to explain it for 30 minutes, (laughs) what we were doing and how I was sort of just doing things a little bit differently, the name just really stuck. And I ended up trademarking it and then registering it. And so yeah, I am. It was a fair question because I think many people don't know what an optimism doctor does because they haven't heard about one. Because I basically made it up, <laughs> and I'm, and, and I always say like it's so interesting when I'm speaking to large groups of people about optimism and resiliency and growth and and sort of motivation. It's it's interesting because I didn't really realize it until people had come up to me after and like even that just like an example of if you're doing something. And it and it's real, and it didn't exist before. Then, like you need to make it exist, and so I think that in itself is sort of an example of of putting hard work in and creating something that is maybe outside of the box, but you know it's super important. And you know when I started studying optimism over a decade ago, it really wasn't what it is right now—a whole field. And so I feel like. In, within the science community that I was in, it was a little too woo woo. And within like the yeah. self growth community, I was way too sciencey for them. Mm. And so I just stuck to it because it's what was true for me and what I was passionate about. And I love blending together, you know, the holistic side of things and real evidence-based science. And I, I really like that was my laser focus and I just kept doing it. And I think it was just over the last half, half decade or so, it's just become the, a better time and the right time where mm-hmm. people are hungry for, they want both. They, they understand yeah. the holistic side of things and they want sort of the more spiritual side of things, which is not necessarily what I do, but they also are really, people are sophisticated and they can handle science and they want science yeah. and they want to know the real lie. And, and I think that it's about time we start giving it to them. <laughs>
1: Yeah, 100%. And even with things that are, you know, the metaphysical stuff or like pretty, we're pretty woo-woo. We're very woo-woo people. (laughs) But we also, we like a good fact. I love, I mean, when I first started meditating,
0: I wasn't, I was not used to it. I didn't come from it at all. And the way that I could get into it was reading about how it changes your brain. And I was like, okay, like.
1: When you know the science This could
0: actually, it's not just some, I'm not just gonna be levitating in my living room. There's actually like science behind You know, what sitting down and and, you know focusing on your breath does to your brain. And so I was like, okay, I can buy into this now.
2: (laughs) Well, and it's so interesting because that in itself is like what I study, which is that in order to make real change, your brain really needs to understand and know that that something is possible and can happen. And once you know the why, it's much easier for your brain to kick in to start sort of putting forth the energy. And the problem solving to make that happen, and so I think that's like a piece that's missing a lot for people. Is they may want something, but they don't really focus on the why or like why would it make your life better, mm. or you know what about it um, is is gonna really really um, benefit and, and change your life in a better way because you know, as humans, change is literally the most difficult state to be in for humans. And and yet it's something that is so prevalent where things are always changing. Yeah. And so we have to really like it's a hard change is hard, even if it's something that's for the better. Um, yeah. And oftentimes it's even harder when it's for the better. But you have to really understand the why in order to get your brain to kick into gear to help you out to make it happen.
1: Yeah. 100%. Yeah,
0: we've been talking about we feel like we're in this transition phase in yeah. our life. It's uncomfortable.
1: Like, it's so uncomfortable. Even though it's like yes. for the better, but you're just like, ah, you just kind of and I think optimism does play into that to when you're in that transitional period to to see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel and to to be optimistic that the outcome will be favorable.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, oftentimes, you know, even just the term optimism can be really mis- misunderstood and misrepresented. I think, you know, when I'm, again, speaking in front of a very large audience, I often ask, like, what is one word that you think of when you think of optimism? And it's, it's interesting because 90% of people will say positivity. And oh. as much as I totally agree that there is positivity and optimism, for me, that's not one of my top, like, two words I would use to kind of, like, help me define optimism. For me, the two words that I can't really define optimism without are resiliency and curiosity. And so mm-hmm. it's really this idea of, and it's more about that than it is about positivity. And I would even argue that even a, another word that comes to mind is neutrality. And so I think we often forget the power mm-hmm. of just being neutral. It's not about being positive, not about being negative, but like just being neutral and sort of like imagining like rough waters and like first calming the waters in order to like make a decision or move forward in some way. And so a lot of times, you know, an optimist is someone that is very aware and mindful of the setbacks and the roadblocks and the less than ideal situations and the not so good feeling emotions. I think oftentimes we think of, you know, an optimist as sort of just this person that's like barefoot running through, yeah, you know, Yeah, that's what I field. think of, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. like just experiencing the world, you know, <laughs> through rose-tinted glasses and having the perfect day 24-7, 365, when like in reality, that's completely inhumane. Like we were made <laughs> to experience the full range of emotions so we can all just take a deep breath and realize that like just because yesterday kind of sucked does not make you a pessimist. Uh, In fact, like we optimism really like grows from resiliency. So it's this idea of overcoming struggle, and you have to recognize struggle to overcome it. And so, an optimist is really someone that can can uh, look at and respect and validate true, authentic feelings they have, even if they don't feel so great. But the caveat is. At the same time, know that they have the power to overcome it and hold space at the same time that they're holding space for their negative emotions, holding space that something better will come, even if they don't know how or Mm -hmm. when, but they know it will because it's based on the fact that for me, I'm 37, I have successfully overcome Anything that has happened that's been a struggle in my life for yeah, the last yeah. 37 years, that's the truth, right? So like, why not believe that I can also overcome this struggle, whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I
1: think about that a lot. I think about if, if I'm having a particularly hard day or something, or I'm in just in a situation that's that's rough, which a lot of people are in right now, Yeah, it's, yeah. I always think about, I have survived the <laughs> worst days of my life. I've already survived right. them. And right. like, here we are. And there's going to be more bad days and there's going to be more great days. And it's that curiosity and the, and I guess a hopefulness, you know, of, for life. But it's
0: also just like, like you were saying, and, and this is something you talk about, which is that toxic positivity. And when I heard that phrase, um, from you, I literally was like, Yes, because I bumped against that so many times, especially living yes. living in LA. Everyone, yes. I feel like, tries to put on this persona of, like you said, we were saying, and being run,
2: spiritual. Yeah, like you know. running
0: through the field and like everything's cool. And, you know, I had a really rough last year. My, my aunt passed away from COVID. And I remember during it, there were people who were like, it's going to be all right. Just, you know, you know, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know what? This sucks. This, this sucks. is the worst. And I have to sit in it. to to be able to move through it and like giving myself that space to do that was like I felt bad and guilty and I was like man I'm really like am I a pessimist am I you know because I just want to be upset about this right now but it felt true to me but anyways going back to I heard that term you talked about toxic positivity and it really like resonated with me so so much
2: yeah first of all I'm so sorry for your loss um thank you this year has been or this past year and even the start of this year coming up already. Yeah. We're only in January. And it's been tough. And it's tough for all of us for so many different reasons. And I think like even, you know, when I was just hearing, you know, you speaking about about both of you that what you were just saying, I think we we are in this this society right now where everyone wants to kind of just like slap a bumper sticker on things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're in the good vibes only we're in the trenches with the good vibes only. And as much as I know that comes from a good intention (laughs) and it's really catchy and it's super cute. It's actually, it's actually toxic. And I think that' it's, it's always really surprising to people when they come to hear an optimism doctor speak, and some of the things that I talk about uh, as you know, is this idea that, yes, being positive in a certain way can actually be toxic and when it's not authentic. And so it's, it, and it can actually lead, you know, this idea of toxic positivity, um, if I can define it, it, it's really about this idea of this insincere notion of positivity that can really lead to harm and the disregard or vilification of the normal range of human emotion. Mm-hmm. And so it actually it is so interesting. You're trying, and it comes from a good intention, but you're actually doing the exact opposite of validating and and instilling hope and recognizing resiliency, which is what optimism is about. And mm-hmm. so, yes, these terms like good vibes only, or you'll get over it, or just be positive, or it could mm-hmm. be worse. So it's this idea that we constantly are saying to ourselves, like, this doesn't feel good. This is hard, but like, it could be so much worse. And and my my feelings and emotions and struggle and experience doesn't really matter. And right. so and we do it to ourselves, and we also do it to others. And again, like, even though I think a lot of times our friends and our family are coming from a good place, kind of like, how can I cheer? How can I cheer her up? You know, like, mm-hmm. how can I not let her wallow in this? Well, yeah. What we really know about emotions, exactly what you said, like there really is no way out except for through. And I like to look at emotions kind of like dough and like you actually have to get your hands dirty in there and like knead through it Mm -hmm. in order to get through it. And so we're actually doing each other a disservice and harm if we're trying to just like slap a bumper sticker on them. And Mm so it's really important to start to look at the language that we're using and, and really asking ourselves, how much space are we allowing for, these emotions that act in actuality are really really normal. You know, it's normal to feel shame, it's normal to feel guilt, it's normal normal to feel anger, grief, depending on the scenario and depending on on the level of it obviously there's a continuum, but these emotions are part of our human existence. And so being able to experience them, but at the same time while experiencing them, knowing that at some point, you know that you will get through it or that something will change, even if it's neutral, that's really optimism. And that's the difference between optimism and toxic positivity.
1: Yeah. Wow. This is also has me thinking about just the fact that when we suppress our emotions and, and we're, we do the bumper sticker thing, it's like so much, it's so much worse than just in the long term. And even Corinne and I, like in the past few days, literally few days, I called her the other day crying. She called me the other day crying. We were like, (laughs) we were like, I just don't know what I'm doing. And like, we both, we both gave each other the same advice, which was like, you know what, take the night and feel, feel, feel 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 shitty, feel like shit for the night. And then it really did the next day. I was like, you know what, I'm fine. It's (laughs) going to be fine. I just needed to work through it.
2: And, you know, sometimes one of the prescriptions that we give, believe it or not, to patients or clients is literally to cry. So like it, it doesn't feel good. And for me, I, when I, I'm a, I'm a crier I'm a crier too. I cry all the time, every day. After (laughs) it, obviously it feels good. It's a release. But like for me, I'm the type of crier that like, anytime I cry, I get like a migraine. Mm. And so I've just like completely, my day is done. Like if I cry, (laughs) it's over. And it just, is. like, since I was a kid, I don't know if if it's because I don't drink enough water and (laughs) I'm dehydrated all the time, but literally I cry and I know I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be out of commission for the day. And so it's tough because I totally get that. And it's this idea, like, especially since becoming a mom, like you realize how much you have to conserve your energy and your um, mood and, 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 and your emotions. And so sometimes I literally will know that I am sort of suppressing something, but I know I have it here and I know I'm going to open it up right when I can. And so it's this idea where like, I don't, I don't recommend suppressing, but I also understand that like, if you're someone that like, once you go there, you really need the space and time to go there. Mm -hmm. And you can't sort of like, you can't like, actually function um, <laughs> what you need to do while going there, then like, it's okay as long as you name a date and time and place in the mm. very near future to let the floodgate sort of like go or the pressure yeah. cooker go and let out a little bit of it. So yeah. like, it sounds weird to say, but there are certain things that are actually really effective to schedule into your into your life. And one of those things is actually worrying. And so I don't believe in taking out worry. We are all going to worry. We all experience stress. It's again, part of human nature. It's our response to living. And so I now have to create boundaries around, especially this last year, and you have to create some boundaries with like, okay, from this time to this time is my worry time and just throw it all there. Or like this time to this time, I'm going to allow myself to just cry. And I'm not going to like, I'm going to make sure that my husband's got the kids. I'm going to make sure that I'm not recording a podcast like right after. And I just like, I need, you know, or whatever it is. And it, and it's, it actually is kind of empowering and and it's, it's, it's really like this sense of self mastery. And so I, I believe in like mindfully creating boundaries also to experience emotions. And so, and sometimes you can't, you just, you just have yeah. to do it and you do it and it feels good. And and hopefully you have nothing else going on that you can, or maybe you do. And, and you know what, it's part of life and the people that need you or, you know, that you are, working with or working for they people have to understand that we're human we're not computers and Mm -hmm. so you know things happen but for me personally knowing that I mean I'm the kid that went to see Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes in the (laughs) theaters when I was in I think I was in middle and I couldn't go to school for four days so (laughs) that is my that's what I'm working with are you a Pisces by chance I'm a Leo. Oh. I don't know what that means, but I'm a Leo. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Maybe you're Pisces rising, which is what I am. I'm a big crier. I saw The Lion King and I couldn't actually watch it. I
2: know what my rising – I forgot because I actually interviewed someone that was an astrologist (sighs) – astrologer, um, not an astrologist, an astrologer – on my podcast. And she told me my full, like we oh, did, she did a your thing. whole chart. Oh. Yeah. But I am definitely emotional and <laughs> it's gotten, it's changed a lot again, since becoming a mom. Um, again, I think it's because it's survival. Like I've learned how to sort of like, I'll start watching, like I, I cry at commercials and I actually enjoy it, <laughs> but I now know like when I have to turn something off and watch it another time, because I know I'm going to go there and I just can't. So yeah. you start to like Have these boundaries of of when you can, when you can experience, and when you (laughs) can't.
1: Yeah. The other thing that got my wheels turning when you were talking about the worrying and the planning for worrying and stuff, and and back to your work, because another thing that you incorporate is this element of manifestation and the law of attraction, and I think that it's been really kind of misconstrued or it's kind of been twisted around where people think, oh, if I worry about something, it's going to happen mm-hmm.
2: to me. Mm-hmm. Or if yes. I'm if oh, I'm sad,
1: then I'm just going to be more sad. Like I have to just pretend yes. like, you know, oh, yeah. you
2: have zero dollars in the bank, but you're like, I'm abundant.
1: <laughs> I'm happy. You know, when you're not. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. I have so much. So, okay. First of all, with the with the direction of that right now. um, So I used to work with cancer patients at UCLA for quite a few years during my practicum and fellowship. And I worked at like a holistic center there, which was really amazing and they still do amazing work and they offer free emotional help to patients and their families that are being treated for any, any form of cancer at UCLA. And so it really drew, of course, a lot of people that were, you know, dappling with any form of healing that they could really find in the alternative world, plus obviously getting treatment, Western treatment at the hospital. Something that really struck me was, and and there is where I really was, was developing my visualization practice. Something really struck me there, which was that, you know, people were really coming in from the law of attraction. And and I first heard about the law of attraction when I was in early years in high school. My best friend's mom was a really, really big law of attraction, um, Esther and Jerry Hicks, Abraham Hicks, oh, uh-huh. um, yeah. listener. And I used to have little CDs of it and put them in my Tahoe. I used to drive a <laughs> Tahoe. And that's like what I would listen to. And I, and I loved it. And it kind of it is definitely something I've always... I've always been drawn to, I didn't really, for me, I am ai need to know why for everything. And I'm a very scientist, I've always right, been into science. science. Based. And so I loved everything they said. I applied it to my life. It totally worked, but I could not get past like where it was coming from, like oh, the actual the Abraham.
1: Exa- yes, every, I love all the concepts, but I'm like, I cannot.
2: I could not wrap my brain this. around. And like when she would like speak in his voice, like he was in her. Yeah. Um. It was so powerful and I like had to really like find a way to sort of not pay attention to that because it would just trip me up. But I think what really was interesting for me and helped me was when I got into grad school, I had that framework and I knew it worked for me, but I was like, I need to know for myself like why this works mm-hmm. in a different explanation than just like spirit talking yeah, right like there I just need to know something else that's more like practical for myself because it's just it was selfishly for me in my quest mm-hmm. um and I think that's that's actually why I started studying optimism and positive visualization was because of my high school, you know, years being exposed to the law of attraction, which I'm a big fan of. Mm -hmm. And so, but anyway, that, that was a digression. What, what really struck me were these people that were coming in and they were so fearful to be fearful Mm -hmm. of having this cancer diagnosis and coming with this like immense pressure and responsibility where they're like, well, I just saw someone in the holistic realm. And they basically told me that all my worries and my stress and And sort of like these thoughts I were thinking or the way I dealt with this situation is what caused my cancer. And it was just like, like, and if I can just think a different way, like just, it's so easy. If I can just flip it and think a certain way, I will erase my cancer. And Mm. I, and I knew from like that, that is powerful. And I can't speak to like some of the miracles that have happened and whether Mm. that's true or not. But I just knew that where I was at UCLA and my responsibility was to never deter someone from the treatment that was actually helping them, which was chemotherapy and surgery, and we had all these adjunctive things that were really helpful too to prep the mind and the body. And but I was never gonna. I, I it was not. It was in my responsibility as like a practitioner at the hospital and coming from a science base to like kind of break that down and take some of that pressure and responsibility off, and also just make sure that they were following through with treatment because Mm. that is something we actually know, you know, has some efficacy. And I'm not saying the other stuff doesn't, but it was just such a weight of, it was sad. And it was really, I mean, imagine that you already are someone that is going through that and then just having to bear the weight that like you created it and you're the only one that can not create it. If you just do something hard enough, which by the way, if they kept doing, even if they were good at it and it wasn't going away, then like, what does that mean about their life? Right. Right. So it was just like, it really made me, that was a really big turning point for me in like that world and that work. And it kind of, I think was such a big part of a shift for me in my career where I was like much more, it was like a a pretty hard shift more into the science. And, um, And so I think that that also really plays in with the example that you just gave. Like, if I'm worrying, this will. Ha- it really plays into the toxic positivity, mm-hmm. right. where you know, at the beginning of this pandemic, another like really eye opening experience for me were were clients calling me and just being like, I have heard that the more I worry about this pandemic and this get this virus and getting it, like the more I'm actually susceptible to actually getting it, and it's like well, we're living in a pandemic. None of us have lived through this before, or most of us haven't, if we've lived in this country our whole lives. Um, Most of us haven't lived through it. And so, of course, there's going to be a level of anxiety and fear and worry. I would be more concerned if there wasn't. And so (laughs) everyone's experiencing that. And now all of a sudden, these people are experiencing it Are like, I cannot experience this because I'm going to get it now. And so Mm. it was just this like very, you know, just surreal, like, wow. And sort of the complete opposite of allowing for your true authentic feelings without feeling guilt or shame, um, you know, or this like immense responsibility that something terrible is going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. If you have a reaction, like your family member passes away, like, are you not supposed to have grief and sadness yeah. and anger and fear? And and if you do, will something happen to you? I mean, that's just mm-hmm. that's just not that is you're setting everyone setting themselves up for a failure then yeah Yeah,
0: that's so what you're saying is so relieving to me as somebody who i have an anxiety disorder Mm -hmm. and so obviously i am prone to worry more than others but i i have had those thoughts where i'm like if i worry about this is it gonna happen more did i cause something to happen and and just to go back to what you said yeah like we're not allowing ourselves one the the space to worry about normal things that you should be worried about, but also to putting that pressure on yourself. But yeah. I'm genetically predisposed to being anxious and you, you study mm-hmm. optimism. I'm just curious, like how much of optimism, being naturally optimistic is nature versus nurture? Like are there people who are genetically more optimistic or can or resilient, mm. I guess?
2: So there's been quite a few studies on this and it's definitely like the first, one of the first questions also, which people always ask, well, isn't it, aren't I more predisposed? There's a genetic component. Some people are more optimistic than others. And and to be honest, like first and foremost, we are actually all more predisposed to be pessimistic because it's part of our evolutionary story. So hmm. our ancestors- Wait, wait why we, is that? Our ancestors way, way, way back, you know, when like that were hunters and, and gatherers and cavemen, let's say that were running away from saber-toothed tigers. That was our predator. The ones that actually constantly imagine the worst case scenario over and over are actually the ones who survived. Um they got away, they planned for it and they passed that gene on and so on and so on. And so there is a protective nature, of course, of imagining a worst case scenario and planning for it. But In reality, the type of society and world that we live in today, our predators are still there. They're not saber toothed tigers anymore. They look a little bit differently and we will not get into who those predators and what they look like are now. But um, what we do know is that in order to thrive in today's type of world, it's not really conducive to constantly imagine and chronically imagine the worst case scenario over Mm. and over and over. And actually it would do us some good to imagine neutral or positive scenarios in the future. And so that's one thing, but with the hereditary component, they've done studies and it's actually really interesting. There isn't really a hard number, but they've done multiple studies. And it seems like the most that people have found that there is a heritability component to being more predisposed to being optimistic or not is somewhere hovering between like, it's below 30%. So it's in the twenties, which really gives us so much more to work with in a learned perspective. So optimism is like a muscle. And it may not come to us so naturally, just like for me, working out does not come naturally. And it's actually funny to talk about this because today is like the first day I tried to do something active and um, that's a whole nother story. But, you know, my husband is an athlete and if he doesn't work out every single morning, whatever that is, like he's so off. And I'm like, I just don't have that in me. And it's something I have to practice and really work towards because I already see that, you know, it's affecting me to my strength and, you know, my endurance and, and all these types of things like running after two boys, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, I need, and also just disciplinary, like having that, like something to be disciplined to and a practice. But, you know, so we have a lot more to work with in terms of environment and learned. And the more that we, we can work on these ways to increase our optimism, the more efficient our brain becomes at picking out more natural ways to be more optimistic without us even having to try, but it's something we do have to try at first.
1: So like you're saying how, you know, it's almost like a workout or optimism is a muscle that you need to kind of keep working out. Do you have Um, like a daily practice or do you have any tips for our listeners who maybe want to incorporate a little more optimism into their lives or some sort of practice? Do you have some tips
2: for that? Yeah, actually, I never leave anywhere without this. This is my Yes, your card deck. Yes, I wanted to ask about this. And I'm not trying to just like promote this right here. I didn't mean (laughs) to, but it literally is, that question is literally, this is the answer to it. I created this, this deck of cards. It's called The Things Are Looking Up. Um, optimism deck of cards. And there's uh, 52 holistic and science-based suggestions and prompts that actually work to increase optimism and resiliency and joy. And so they're not affirmation cards. They, they're not sort of things that you're supposed to just repeat in front of a mirror. Um, there's more that I have to say about affirmations as well. <laughs> oh, but, um, gosh, A bit, a bit controversial, <laughs> yeah. but um, they're actual prompts that tell you what to do. And the cool thing about them is that each prompt, um, there's only a couple that may take a little bit longer, but each prompt literally can be done in like 30 seconds or less from anywhere that you are and you don't need anything else. So, so wait, I really what's special- an
1: example of a prompt? Yeah. Can you share one? Can oh, you pull I just
2: pick this one right now randomly. Um, okay. So, here's one Think about a small step you have taken or that you plan to take today to get you a tiny bit closer to a goal you are currently working towards. Remind yourself that it is the small steps that actually get you closer to the finish line. So step small, but keep stepping. So they kind of just tell you what to do. And what we know is that if you continuously do something like this and make it a ritual into your life and, and sort of it's a workout for your brain, it's mental fitness, making you think in a certain way that perhaps you were not naturally thinking in. Um, you really can retrain your brain and make real mindset shift. And so we talk about this idea of doing the 33 day challenge to the things are looking up 33 day challenge. And people often ask me why 33. And um, to be honest uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard about this whole It's almost like a slogan, like twenty one days to blah 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 blah, blah. and (laughs) it's interesting because the the number twenty one in terms of how many days it takes to actually create a new habit is literally based on a lie (laughs) and a complete misconception, (laughs) and there's no science behind the number twenty one. And so it's actually something that has like ever since learning that I even people I respect and admire so much or books that look so good for me to read, if they literally are like 21 days to something, I can't because I'm like- <laughs> You're like, you didn't look into this. <laughs> you didn't look into it. Um, and like the real number, they've done a number of studies. It's somewhere between 63 and 66. And so mm. there is no magic number for everyone, but that's sort of an average. And we feel that the first half is is definitely the hardest. Mm. And so the 33 kind of comes from, comes from that. But really around 63 to 66 is actually like they they find that like you get some sort of uh, brain shift in around the the, the month period um, or a little before that. So like around the 21 days and maybe that's what some of it comes from. Mm -hmm. But then there's a huge drop off if you don't continue where it's just like, it's not a last, it doesn't become a lasting habit. So you have to have like the next sort of wave to, to really get the brain um, going and shift. Yeah, exactly. And so basically, yeah, pulling a card, I do one every single day and, you know, and sometimes I forget and I, I sort of don't do it and then I use it. So, so sometimes I use it as a daily ritual, which I try to, and other times I'm like, oh my gosh, I just need to take the 33 day challenge. And I haven't done it in a little bit, and let me just do it. And I like myself have to keep resetting myself, um, and end up, And I end up once you do the thirty three. It, it's interesting because it is. It is the the first half is always hardest, at least for me. I, I tend to to go another thirty three days, no problem. You know, because yeah, doing it my brain's already starting. It becomes part of your efficient um, sort of. You're still doing the work, but it's it's just without so much effort. It just comes yeah. to you.
0: And I love that it's like five minutes. Or maybe there's a couple that's a little bit longer, but it's mm-hmm. so – you can incorporate. They're literally
2: like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And like the most one – there's one card that takes five minutes. It even says on there like if you don't have the five minutes, put this card away and pick it again another time. But everything else is literally like around thirty seconds, and you can do it from anywhere. Okay, so and there's, no there's no excuse. No, there's excuse. no excuse, and that's the whole thing. It's like it, it's for it's for practical life. Like I'm someone that like this is what I do, this is what I study, and so I was so big into self growth and self care, and then I had babies, and I'm a full time you know mom and working person and and entrepreneur. And I realized for a long time, I wasn't taking care of any part of myself because I would look at sort of the idea of self-care and growth and be like, well, I don't have time for it because I don't have more than two minutes here and there. And then I'm like, I have now realized that there is no small amount of time that's too small to do an act that either brings you joy or brings you growth or shifts your mind. And so it's really this idea of taking like 30 seconds a couple times a day to do something. Like that's all. That's all.
0: Yeah, small changes. Yeah? Yeah. It's that big little stuff. It's the single yeah. step. It's literally what that It's <laughs> the card. It's <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's well, the card.
2: I'm I want to do the 33 yeah, day challenge. Yeah, we're going to have to get this. Yeah, we're going to have to yes. do Maybe we'll do it together. Yeah. We, just, we do a lot that of things would be together. <laughs> you guys should. And that, there's actually a lot of evidence to show that doing something like this together is also a way to make a habit stick or to actually be accountable. Yeah, to do something with somebody else. Yeah, ability is huge.
0: We're, we're gonna do it. We'll we're, do it. We're we're on yeah. it. Well, <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. We literally have so many questions for you that we could just. Uh, luckily, you have a podcast, so you can. read yes. yes. um Things are looking up, which is the same as the card deck. right?
2: So the card, the card deck is things are looking up, and you can find that at thingsarelookingup.co. Co. Okay. And the podcast is called "Looking Up" with the. Oh, looking up. Kshopra, looking up. And okay, and yeah. it's available anywhere that you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, anywhere. Yes.
0: Yeah. And we'll link it in the show notes so you guys can just swipe up and 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 hear more. But thank you. This was so awesome. And we love everything that that you're doing and you really do speak our language and things that you were talking about are things that I've been thinking and you just have the science to back it up, which I love. Yes.
2: We love that. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was so great chatting with you guys. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye.
0: Natalie, we could have actually talked to her for so... We had so many
1: things we want to talk to her about. I know. And I know we say it every time that we could talk to these people for like... It's because we have great guests. We have great guests, but truly, I could talk to these people for... Hours on end.
0: Well, luckily she has her own podcast, looking yes, up with Dr. Deepika Chopra, that you mm-hmm. guys can listen to more of her her great teachings. And we're and gonna wisdom. get those decks. Oh yeah, we're getting the looking. Get uh, the- things are looking up, deck. Yeah, and we'll link everything in the show notes if mm-hmm. you guys want to buy um, a deck for yourself. But we hope that you guys gained more insights into how to cultivate optimism in your own life and how to identify toxic
1: positivity and, and why resiliency is a foundation for true happiness. It really is a foundation for happiness. And I just love how everything she's putting, feeling your feelings, like... It made me feel less bad
0: about myself because like, like we were saying, we had bad days recently Mm -hmm. and I'm like, here you go again, Corinne. You're going to go down, you know, you're Mm not, you're not positive and just see the light and get in everything. And I'm like, you know what, sometimes.
1: Sometimes you're like, fuck today (laughs) and everything about it. But as
0: long as you can see it as just like an obstacle that you're going to overcome, then you're cool. It's a hurdle. It's
1: It's just a a hurdle. Anyways. Anyways. We've been drinking this uh, Pinot. Yeah. Can you remind us what it is? It is the 2017 Donham Year of the Rooster Pinot Noir. Mm, right. (laughs) Wow, it's a mouthful. It really is. (laughs) Okay. Oh, but our hottie this week, this was very fitting because she's the optimist doctor. And we were thinking, who's somebody that's just like happy? And then you think of the song. Because
0: I'm, I'm happy never Okay, let's not. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Pharrell. Pharrell. It's Pharrell,
0: who's, okay, worthy of Hottie of the Week. Absolutely. This man is Hottie of the Century.
1: Literally, this man could be 170 years old, and I would not know. Because you should He doesn't. Age. You should Google
0: young. Um, Side by side, like of him when he's 20 and him when he's, he's probably he 50 He looks younger now. now. He looks, I've never seen anyone age like that. No, nobody ha- he, he he's a, he's a marvel. I think I just did see that he's getting into the skincare uh, route. I will
1: not lie to you. Game. And I was like, you should. Yeah. I watch every single, every single, even if I don't care or know who they are, if one of those little Vogue mm-hmm. or like I just Harper's watched uh, Liv
0: Tyler's yesterday.
1: And hers is like 70 steps. Yeah. And I loved every minute of it.
0: Yeah. I watch every single one of those, and he has one. Oh. Mm -hmm. Did he use his products? No. He didn't use his... Did he use Vaseline? No. That's a black people thing. They put Vaseline on their skin, and it looks... I put Vaseline on my whole face every single night, Mm -hmm. because
1: my grandma did it, Mm. and she looked amazing.
0: It is a a little hot tip. Okay, so anyways, we're rating the Pinot. One to Pharrell. Pharrell.
1: Because it's almost five.
0: Yeah. What's your rating? I feel um, like I
1: haven't had a Pinot in a long time. Do I remember what Pinot is tasting? Like? I, yeah, I'm like I
0: don't know why I can't put my finger on it. I, I like it. I like it. I, I like it. I would say like a eight point one. Mm, very interesting. Or seven point eight. It's right in that. Yeah, it's right in there. I'm, it's a high I seven, like low your, eight. For I like me. your
1: seven point eight. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to double down on that. And I'm gonna also give it a seven point eight.
0: Let's do seven it's a seven point eight out of Pharrell, who is a Timeless Unicorn. Timeless Unicorn. So that's a and pretty. genius And genius. Certifiable right. genius. Also, um, fun fact, I am in the happy music video. Oh my God. I, I <laughs> forgot about that until you just said that. I am in the happy music video. And
1: you, didn't you have to dance on stage at the Oscars?
0: No. Did yes, I? Yes, you
1: did because I was with you that day. I danced on stage at the Oscars? Yes. Okay, because here's Okay, the thing. wait, this is, yeah. Yes. We, I, were, we were together. Was it the Oscars? It was the Oscars. No, I didn't do it. Yes, you did. I did because I was with you that morning, that night. Remember, we stayed in a hotel, and then you had to go to the Oscars. You didn't have to go, but you went to the Oscars the next day. And Pharrell, <gasps> it was like yes, it was like I remember Kate Hudson. Yeah, and you had to dance on stage. <laughs> I that have, was the because Happy that song was from a movie. Yeah, it was from like Minions. <laughs> minions or trolls or one so, of well, some yeah. of animated. I think Despicable Me oh maybe despicable is that minions
0: yeah but i think it was despicable me then the minions was the spinoff he did all the music on uh, despicable me
1: yes but i do remember because i remember that day you were like i have
0: to dance
1: yeah i remember this very vaguely i have a horrible mm-hmm. memory
0: if uh, she does so i can't remember, I remember anything i've done <laughs> wow i did dance at the oscars
1: <laughs> seems like something you would remember maybe you blocked it out on purpose maybe <laughs> yeah. that makes sense it makes sense
0: Okay, so this is the part of the show where we play a little wrap-up game, and today we're playing 200 questions. No, we're not answering 200 questions. We're going to pick a number between 1 and 200. The questions become more personal.
1: personal Vulnerable?
0: Yeah, as you get closer to 200. Yeah. So, Natalie, and we don't know um, what these... We don't know what they are. Yeah, we don't know. I can link this in the show notes if you want to play, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She does this, and then she's always like, why do I put so many things in the show notes?
0: I know. I'm going to one day just... I'm going to write a little secret message in the show notes. And if you can, and if you DM us with that message, you get a free candle. Oh, From yes. Natalie. And you like how oh, I'm using Natalie's product? I have no product to offer you.
1: She's like, we'll give you my candle. <laughs> Maybe we could put a discount code. Okay, discount code. We'll, we'll give you guys a discount code in the show notes. There you go. And we'll see who the real loyal fans are. There we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. It'll be hefty. It'll okay. Be hefty. Okay, that. <laughs> One through 200. I always choose doubles. Have I already chosen seventy-seven? I don't think so. Let's check seventy-seven. I'm seeing a lot of sevens recently, so
0: you actually have answered this one.
1: Ninety-nine. I know I've done eighty-eight, so I, I don't think oh, I've done 99. I love. Okay, so you're doing ninety-nine. Oh God, I'm doing ninety-nine. I love this question. I'm nervous. She looked at me real, and it, it's very intense. What is the best thing about you? Oh, the best thing about me. Ooh. I mean, I could go on, but. Interesting. I think I, I mean, not to be so topical because I'm not meaning to say it because of the topic, but I do think I'm like a fairly optimistic Mm -hmm. person and like I try to make people happy and like have fun. Yeah. I don't know if that's just because I'm a Sagittarius. (laughs) No, that's not. There's not just. I mean, it's who you are. Yeah. So I guess that would be. What? What was it? What my? What's the best thing about you? The best thing about me. And I think I'm very nice. Okay. Mean to people. I'm not. I'm like really not mean (laughs) at all.
0: Is that a good answer? It's a great answer. I mean, I could go on and on about all the great things about you, but I would say, in my opinion, the best thing about you is that, like, you're just a genuinely, you have such a pure heart and, like, you would never, (laughs) you would never hurt a fly and, like, yeah, like you're saying, you're, just be like, you're really nice, but, like, it's in a very, I don't know, just, like, I feel like you see your, your humanity in everyone, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. That really is so nice. It's like I'm going to cry. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you for being mm. you. <laughs> I'm not going to cry. I'm not crying. I just have something, something in both my eyes. <sighs> Actually, okay, can I ask you a question that's not a number? Sure. Because it's, I've been thinking about this, and I'm liking asking women this. Okay. Because it makes them a little uncomfortable. Oh, God. But I just love the answers. Okay. When they let themselves answer and that is, what is your favorite thing about you physically? Like, what do you think is, like, when you see yourself, it's hard because women were always like, "Oh, no, would, would you, like, listen the things they do not like? <laughs> exactly. So, like, what do you like about you? Like, what do you feel makes you your own type of beautiful or unique? Gosh, it feels so vain. I know, but I feel like it shouldn't. I feel like all women need to have something that is, like, I really I like this about me. You know? I have two things. Say
0: them. Okay. With pride. With pride. One, I have always felt, and I know it's such a blessing, I feel really comfortable in my body and I feel yes. like I'm naturally muscular and I really like that mm-hmm. and I I like how I stay toned and I know it's like, I don't know.
1: No, that's amazing. But I,
0: I, I've i always just felt really blessed. Both my parents gave me that gene and I, I really... Love my body figure, but yeah. I think also I love my freckles. Yeah. My moles, my moles, yes. freckles whatever they are. They're on my face. They're beauty all, marks, beauty marks. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere and I feel like I have to love them. Yeah. And I love, I them. love them. When I look Thanks. at you
1: they're cute and they're very you. They make yes. you you.
0: Yeah. My mom always told me when I was when I was modeling, she was like, "Do not let them airbrush your freckles out." And they always did. But I was like, "Mom, I have no control over that." Yeah. And she was like, "Don't. I love your beauty." marks i was like yeah
1: oh i love that so that's fine now we're both crying (laughs) now we're both just like okay (laughs) we'll see you next (laughs) week see you guys next week (laughs) But honestly, see you guys next week.
0: Honestly, but if you but if you guys have any questions, oh, yeah. if you guys have any questions, feel free to DM us at Am I Doing This Right Pod or email us at Am I Doing This Right Pod at Gmail. Visit our website Am I Doing This Right Pod It's just .com. all the fucking same, you guys. It's all the same. But and please don't forget to rate and review this podcast. If you liked this episode, um, let us know. I mean, it really helps our podcast grow, and we want to grow. We want to share this information with yes. more people, so you guys can help us do that by rating. And and reviewing us and share it with a friend and share it with a friend and we love you guys and we'll see you next week bye bye